0: Listener discretion is advised, as the Ebeneezza's podcast may contain suggestive and or triggering themes and overall adult content.
1: Oh. That's what we're starting off with. I like your, again, I really enjoy your Frida uh, shirt. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. We wait, are, wait huh? you know why I love Frida Kahlo? Tell me, tell us, tell the Professor
0: world. Professor
1: Oh my God. <laughs> that crazy bitch.
0: Her husband was married to her at some point in time, and so that's... That's
1: right. She married, like, the ex-husband or, some, the ex-husband yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. Weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you have... What are you drinking, though? You didn't tell me what you're drinking.
0: Um, A little crown, just, like, a little finger, you
1: know? I see. Look at you. Um, that is some... your appetizer? Damn, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... No, no. Like, can you see the base? And it's not... Oh. Um. I mean, it, I guess it is an appetizer. It's literally like this much. Yeah, that's okay. It's, that's all good. It's a tiny
0: bit. Yeah, so I'm ready. Okay. Try and get
1: that energy pumping. in. Woo, 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 woo. All right. Got that liquor
0: running through my system. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say happy Sunday, everyone, but it's surprise Monday. We're off from our typical day of recording, but that's okay. People have things to do. We have lives. You know what I mean? Other What? Why are you looking at me so strange? I was like, oh, wait, we're not going to edit all that out? no oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I wish wish I would have known that okay
1: right. what are you what are we trying to backtrack on
0: just I, just the the amount of alcohol that I'm drinking right now <laughs> uh but that's okay I mean We're not, it's just a weird way to start the
1: episode no one's judging you
0: no it's true no,
1: not at all <laughs> well this is jabby and we have doreen, doreen. thank you for joining us for the ebonistas discussion of the week ah, ah, ah. we are super excited about this week's topic because we are both really into just kind of nerd what people i guess would say nerdy geeky things Just things outside of what you would expect from us, I guess, when you first meet us. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, there is a point that I had like really colorful, what was it? The braids, the crochet braids. Oh, yeah. I think that was really weird (laughs) from that, but. I forgot
0: about that.
1: I miss it so much. They were purple and blue. I was like, yes, I love all of this. But anyways, our topic for today is quote, unquote, alternative blackness. Blackness, But before we get started, oh, wait. Miss Doreen, did you see, they released some from 2018, an interview that Will Smith had done back in the Mm -hmm. day about um, the relationship and about the happiness. I actually really liked the quote. Which one? So Okay. So I asked her, what does she think is one of the biggest revelations that she had about love? She said, you cannot make a person happy. And I thought that was a real deep idea, Will admits. You can make a person smile. You can make a person feel good. You can make a person laugh. But whether or not a person is happy is deeply and totally and utterly out of your control. So he's basically talking about they were kind of teasing each other one day. And he's like, I remember the day I retired. I literally said to Jada, that's it. I retire. I retire from trying to make you happy. I need you to go make yourself happy and just prove to me that that it's possible. I thought that was very interesting. Then he goes on to talk about how, you know, understanding that you are two individuals sharing your lives together but you're not one person you know you're just two individuals you have separate lives you have separate things going on with each other separate interests not all the time you know but you're individuals and you shouldn't depend on your partner to make you happy as a person so I thought that was really interesting
0: I think that it I think that it sounds good but I think that in practice it's it's a little difficult and when you're in a relationship you can i feel like you can have some sway on the other person's happiness right oh, like of course. right so to say that like you need to go make yourself happy and it's not really my job anymore i mean i get what he's trying to say like yeah she needs to be happy in herself before i could ever make her feel that way she needs to get there he felt like he was continually like climbing an uphill battle with her and he could never win you know every time you he, he made two steps forward they would go five steps back and she was always unhappy And it was an internal thing, but they talked about this concept for a long time, that this whole thing about like, I have to do me, you have to do you, you know, that sort of thing. It is interesting that they call themselves life partners. It makes me wonder, like, had they just lost the romance? Or is this like a normal part of relationships aging,
1: you know, that you feel that way? I don't know. I think it's a part of normal thing of relationships aging. I don't think that it means that there's no romance whatsoever. I think that's silly because if there isn't any romance, then it's not really a relationship, like a romantic relationship. You want a romantic relationship. But I think it's just a matter of understanding that you're sharing your lives together. Like you're going to go through these ups and these downs and these things together that you don't necessarily, like, I don't necessarily need you to tell me or to like validate how I feel about myself. You know what I mean? Even though I love that my husband makes me happy, I love that I can make him happy in different ways, but ultimately he is on his own path. And so I can't do anything about his happiness if he's just moping or if he ends up moping around the house or if I'm moping around the house. Say one of us loses the ability to do something that we love. Say I lose this podcast one day and I'm moping around the house. You know, he can help me only get so far to cheering me up before I have to cheer myself up and get something else going on in my life that's going to make me happy, make me feel whole. I don't think he meant literally retiring. I feel like he just meant, you know, taking a step back and realizing that I'm not 100% solely responsible for your happiness kind of thing.
0: I took that to mean that he had been trying to he felt responsible for it you know like if i just do this and she'll be happy if i do that she'll be happy mm-hmm. i think he just kind of got tired of it but the part that if you watch the red table talk that broke history apparently entanglement they,
1: without august
0: entanglement <laughs> with august entanglement, was, entanglement with august. You, but you saw that picture though you know we know the <laughs> ladies
1: know why i mean um, yeah i get entangled too <laughs> yeah quickly um
0: so i think that he seemed hurt you know to me like having to dredge all that stuff up but there was a part where they were like he's like well i gotta get you back and she's like oh you have got me back enough mm-hmm. and so they posted this whole thing about pictures of him and like margot robbie when they were filming some movie and mm-hmm. um like she's like he's lifting up her, his shirt She's lifting up, her shirt. They're like laughing together, and like they're really close. And he was just like, "I kept my secrets under wrap, you know. Do better or something like that." To Jada, damn. And they have—they have been dogging him. They've been dogging her. A lot of people don't have a lot of nice things to say about it. I'm just like, sometimes you get caught up in situations. You don't. I'm sure she didn't plan for mm-hmm. that to happen, but it did. And she apparently he made her happy. So yeah. I, I want to hear how they ended up back together, like how they went from that to that mm-hmm. like that seems like a big leap but you know that's their story
1: exactly they don't owe anyone anything i've always respected them for things like that typically they never respond to stuff like that ever but you know i guess she they has chose a TV now show. well she literally- i mean i guess i mean it's about being honest right so i guess she mm-hmm. kind of put herself in that situation but she didn't have to and she doesn't owe anyone anything maybe the the crowds maybe requested it but In reality, you don't owe anyone anything. I don't owe anyone explanation, so. She
0: doesn't owe anyone anything, but I feel like a part of it was, like, I have this TV show. I'm getting paid for it. How do I get more reason to discuss my fucking Mm -hmm. drama? And that's exactly what she did. I feel like she kind of pimped herself out a little bit. She did. hey. do
1: you girl. All the way to the bank. All right. Sorry. Side Or to the bed. (laughs) So... (laughs) After we've gone off our tangent <laughs> about this non- nonsense going on. So we are going to be talking about, again, alternative Blackness and what that means to us. Did a little research, of course, as we typically do. And I just have to say, it, this is a strange term for me personally. The reason is, when I think about it, it implies that there is a box that stereotypical Blackness can be put into. And anything outside of that is other. And cannot be fully black, which is something that I hope people understand. And if not, they are starting to understand is not true. The fact is, anyone can be into anything, and they're still whatever their race, culture, heritage, sexes, whatever it is. No one deserves to be put into a box, and you really can't do that to anyone, in my opinion.
0: Um, when I think about it, uh, it it brings to mind. Like, the stereotypical characteristics that are assigned to most Black people. Not that other races don't have stereotypes. We all do. But there's a reason for those stereotypes, right? There is a certain level of truth there, I guess. Not in everything, like, you know. But I don't... I feel like it's wrong to say that each person can't identify in their own individual way because of the color of their skin so because you're because we're black right does that mean that we should only listen to hip-hop rap r&b watch taylor you know tyler perry movies BET all day and don't get me wrong i watch all that stuff but i also watch a ton of sci-fi a ton of just like rom- rom-coms a bunch of silly movies
1: no yeah, i was gonna say i just watched tyler perry with knowing that i'm gonna be watching something that i probably don't like in the end but it's kind of like gossipy TV movies to me and hold the only movie i really liked from him was the family that prays that was a dark one yeah 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 um, it was deep and acrimony so watched, was pretty good uh, i mean okay. um, i mean like in the gossipy way that's what i mean like the fact that i don't appreciate how he's fully portrayed black people through his art so that's just me though but as far as movies go i mean like i literally watch it as like gossipy stuff
0: i haven't watched all of his stuff but i've watched a good chunk of it it's the kind of stuff that I, I, I'm like, okay, I'll watch it if somebody else wants to watch it. But when he first came out, I used to watch everything that he did, and I loved it. But as I started to watch things that were more, I guess, intellectual, it was harder for me to, like, relate to it. But once I start, I'm like, mm, you know, give me my popcorn. I want to see where this goes. I, like, I have never just stopped in the middle of like, oh, no, that's enough. I yeah. will watch it all the way through, but some of the TV shows that he has, like I just can't. I just oh cannot. no, like, no.
1: The TV shows Lisa I Brown's, can't watch. Browns, like
0: no, nope, no. Nope, yeah, what? it's me.
1: garbage. Like it's so terrible. I, oh, the other movies. Why did I get married? I like those yes. movies.
0: Yeah, those were good. That's what I I'm actually saying. made like, Bill
1: go with me to see that one of those in theaters, and he was like, "Okay, that was fun."
0: <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of good movies, and like Angry Diary, but an Angry Black Woman. Ooh. I have watched that movie so many times. Uh, i wish Um, a bill
1: would i wish (laughs) a bill would
0: (laughs) because it just i mean it's crazy and outlandish as it it seems like those type of things happen all the time Mm -hmm. except for shamar moore's braids in that movie that does not ever happen don't ever ever do that
1: don't don't bring that back (laughs) whoever did that that it's over for you go away. Only that, Find okay. a new career. Let me tell you, at least once in his movies, if you look closely, somebody has their hair messed up. Like, <laughs>
0: yes. you're like,
1: come on now. Like you guys are, most of you behind the scenes are black, are black. You know, you should not have let that person go out with that wig on. Like, exactly. calm down. <sighs>
0: but, but Anyways, because he sorry. started off doing plays, that's, that kind of explains that whole theater, you know, kind of oh, feel yeah. to it. But anyway, so we digress. Uh, (laughs) But what I'm saying is that, yeah, just because you're Black doesn't mean you have to watch. You have to watch Tyler Perry. Or you're into basketball, football, reality TV, love and hip-hop, obsession with expensive shoes, sneaker, Gucci, Fendi, Prada. That's a song, by the way. So that's why I said it that way. (laughs) It's not great. I thought it in my head right before you said it. (laughs) Gucci, Fendi, Prada. But yeah, balling out, even when your financial circumstances are the exact opposite of someone who should be balling out,
1: got Um, rims, no food for your kids.
0: There was, there's a company called like Rent-A-Rim where you can like make monthly payments to get rims on your car. Stop it. That's, that's not for you. You know, if you're at that point, you need to spend that money on other things. I just, that's my opinion. Do what you want. It's your car. But... Mm -mm. Being black doesn't just mean wanting all those things. Alternative blackness is just people identifying themselves in their own way and nothing else. There's no stereotypes that they assign to themselves. They don't feel like they have to be in a particular box. You know, Mm -hmm. they want to listen to country, rock, metal, indie, whatever it is, anime, British TV, dress up as a furry, whatever you like to do. (laughs) Whatever you like to do, then so be it. If you guys could see Jabby's face when I said that. Oh, gosh. She
1: was like, whoa. <laughs> His furries freak me out. <laughs> they just do. Have you seen, I think it's American Dad. And yes. it's one of those conventions and the person is dressed as a car. And, like, the what? another person is dressed as a squirrel. And then they start having oh, sex, yes. like, in front of them.
0: It's weird. It's weird. It, Teach his own. I don't know if there are any furries listening, but we're not into do that. You. And that's you. okay, right? You can do whatever you want to do and still be black because black culture isn't defined by any particular thing. You're black as you're black, and that's what you want to be, and that's what you identify as. So, um, talking properly is another big one. Oh, you sound white. Ugh. What does being black sound like? Do I have to use abonics all the time? But we are here to discuss alternative blackness. Let's talk about what that looks like.
1: Did you ever have anyone challenge you on the way that you speak? Because I remember, I think I was in middle school and I was hanging out with a friend at a park. Well, I guess not much of a friend. Can't remember her name or any significance that she had. But (laughs) um, (laughs) I remember she was like, can you talk like, I guess hood or, you know, or something some, it was another word she used. And I was like, I think, I mean, at that age, I think, I, I think I told her yes but I think what she was trying to imply was can I not sound white at any point point? and just because so, I couldn't like pop off like right then at that moment she was like no you can't do that you can't do that I'm like okay <laughs> I mean I don't know what else you want me to tell you you know I do have everyone has that inner you know you get riled up <laughs> somebody might have to catch some hands just saying it will come out but i remember so, being challenged with that a lot when i grew up
0: i so i do remember that a lot more so than when i came here people were just like oh i didn't i didn't know you were black I, you know we just talked over the phone i just you just what why would you even start this line of conversation man like mm-hmm. this is not going to go anywhere good you know just think it maybe up here in your head and mm-hmm. not so much out loud but i also have had <laughs> <laughs> my worst this is not a great story but I was at a party like a little picnic and there were you know kids around and stuff and I was trying to like cut them cake or something and um they they do that thing where they get into this like wolf pack like mentality and so they just came towards me and they're like we want to ask you a question and I was like okay yeah I I fucking hate when kids
1: do that shit (laughs)
0: like they they like gave this some thought and they're like why do you talk like that I said talk like what They're like, you talk kind of like you're singing, and like you go high at the end of every sentence, and then you talk like a person on TV. And I was like, I feel personally attacked right now. Like, I don't even know what to say. I mean, do you want me to talk about my background and how I move so much? Like, I don't don't know what you want me to say. This is just how I talk. Let's Mm -hmm. just leave it at that. They're like, but we've never met anyone that talks like you. You don't talk like my parents. You don't talk. And I'm like, okay, I'm not from Atlanta, so I don't talk like I'm from Atlanta, you know? But- Mm -hmm for them, it was just, I was the first person outside of non-Black people to sound the way that I do to them. And they just were genuinely curious, but I didn't have an answer for them. I wish, I wish I was a little more woke back then, but, um, I had been challenged quite a bit, quite it's
1: a really bit. It's really interesting. Uh, I had um, similar to the other story you just told where I had a client one time, she'd only heard my voice on the phone. And then one day she came in to meet with me and I came in and I was like, hi, you know, I'm Jeremy. She was like, oh, you black. She was like, you could have fooled me. And she was like, and then, but it was interesting because she also changed her demeanor slightly mm. to be more respectful. Oh, okay. I which I I hadn't really experienced that before, but um, she was black as well, so it was like she became more respectful of me all of a sudden, and I was like, fair. I was like, yeah, I guess you wouldn't now, would you? (laughs) You shouldn't judge a voice by the phone, should you? But anyways, side notes. But it's, it's really interesting how that all plays into this of what, people think Black should be. We've researched some things that maybe some people know about, they do, what have you, but we thought that was pretty interesting. So on top of the idea of what makes Black, it's interesting also the idea that being an other in your Blackness means that you reject Black culture or Black race. That's not true. Just because you listen to a different type of music or speak a certain way or you're into different types of things, it doesn't mean you you reject your Blackness just means that you also enjoy other things. Or maybe you don't enjoy... So I've met Black people that don't care for rap music or hip-hop, you know, and teach their own. That doesn't mean that you reject the race as a whole. I think that's a misconception that a lot of Black people have of those who don't subscribe to the stereotype.
0: I understand that there can be like a, like a group mentality if you grow up with people who talk the same way, who do the same things, who are into the same interest, you'll probably be interested in those same things. But there are people who don't want to necessarily conform. And not to say that you are conforming again, if you do like those things, but it's just, you want to try something different. You want to go outside the box. So you're still black. Even if I have never seen or watched a Tyler Perry movie or listened to, you know, Jay-Z, that doesn't mean that I'm not black because I talk a certain way. It doesn't mean I'm not black. I, I am like very afrocentric <laughs> this <laughs> might the way i may sound to some of you but i do really hate when people are like girl you ain't black look how you talk you talk all proper like you don't know nothing about this you're not hood you know okay all right but you know like that doesn't mean i'm not black though so
1: anyway yeah i agree i'm just gonna throw out my african card right there can anyone else say that they were in a what is it god damn it <sighs> yeah this is really helping sorry I think they're from Nigeria. My mom, we used to hang out with this family um, when we lived in Buffalo, New York. And I believe they're from Nigeria. Nice to hang out with their kids and stuff when I was younger. But can anyone say that they were in a fashion show walking off beautiful African garments? Huh? Huh? But I'm just saying. Have you? Have you?
0: Is that like your black card?
1: I said I'm throwing out my African card. Your African card. Like a piece of it. Just a piece of like extra black. (laughs)
0: extra extra seasoning on the side a little little sprinkle of Lowry's
1: a little a little something something okay
0: so Um. it, it kind of brings me back to like the tokenism episode a little bit just in that sometimes when you are the only person of your race in a group of people who may not see you as someone who should be there or someone who should like it you can feel a little alone or by yourself so my advice to you is if you meet someone who's just different and doesn't fit into that stereotypical norm, like embrace them, get to know them, see if you're interested, you know, like give it a shot. Why not?
1: But don't say it was close very lonely. something. Yeah. I will say that it was only because I was always trying to find a balance between liking the things that I was already into that were not considered necessarily black or the fact that I spoke the way I spoke. Um, I got rejected a lot from black kids when I moved down to Miami oh, um, and yeah. we lived in Ghouls the first time that I moved, mm. moved down there. And I remember being so excited to, I think I talk about this in the tokenism episode, maybe not, but I remember being so excited to be around other black kids and the majority of them wanted nothing to do with me. And yeah. just because of how I spoke and all these things, and I was just so excited to be around kids that looked like me and experiences and I was just kind of like lo- left out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it continued. Not that I didn't gain Black friends um, throughout my life, but it wasn't the way that I really had hoped for. And I think I'm still in that right now. I have been looking, since I moved back here, I've been a lot more focused on trying to find like meetup groups, focused around Black women, and just trying to find a community here. Because I think it's healthy. I think it's something that I've missed out on in part of my life as being part of a large group of Black women.
0: So for me, I I had a pretty diverse friend group from... From the time that I was in like middle school, you know, I had Spanish friends, I had white friends, I had black friends, I had no African friends though, hmm. um, but I had like a lot of different types of friends, the the main social groups in South Florida, but a lot of them didn't care for me because I was Haitian and whatever, but I remember I had <laughs> really? I had a friend over, yeah, I had a friend over and we made what we call, it was like a porridge or whatever, she's like, you're having porridge, I was like, that's not porridge, boy? you know? I was like, it's laboui. And she's like, that's porridge. Like, only poor people eat that? Like, what? oh my God. Like, she was, she was like offended to her soul that we would dare try to feed her laboui. Um. And yeah, and then she went and told everybody at school that, like, oh, she, she eats like porridge, like poor people, you know, like the stuff that they eat in, like, the Charles Dickens, like, that's what she was eating. Like, her parents actually eat that. It's because they're Haitian. Like, oh my God. He, and it was just this big skin. I was like, what? Yes. Like, that is. First so of all, bizarre.
1: let me just explain to you I hate, I hate La Hate it. Okay. <laughs> my my step grandma tried to, like, get me to eat it when, when um I was younger and tried it once and. Yeah. My sister has since then, she loves Labui and she'll make it for herself whenever she comes over. And she has since tried to make it for me. It's not going down. It's not, it's something with the texture, which is interesting because I love grit and I love polenta and I love them in different forms too. So you would think Labui, like I would find Labui, Labui. Yes. See. You would think I would like it with, you know, no liking those things, but I can't do it. There's something about it. Just okay.
0: So it's not my favorite, but it was just something that you would eat in the morning and like grab and go kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But it's not my favorite. I would, I haven't requested it. My dad does make a really good labouillee though. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, it's
1: pretty but you put tasty. It in it.
0: Like, what do you- I've never, I have never made in it, made it ever in my life, so. But, like, what I do you top it's... it
1: with? So, like, you know, grits? So, you have some people that do sugar in their grits, and then you have some people that yeah. do cheese, and then you have some people that just do butter. Like, what do you put in it? What are you vomiting I... about?
0: Just the thought of grits and sugar, like- Oh, I used to do that a lot. <laughs> That's nice, When I was growing dude. up, I used to
1: do sugar and cheese. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, please <laughs> Please. She does not know what she does. Please. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why would you do that? I don't know. I just, that's just how I grew up with it. It was either like cheese and sugar or just one or the other. I don't know. Now I just, I don't do that anymore though. I haven't done that in years and years. So now it's just So I've
0: only had grits, salty version. Like in, in the Bahamas, they have little shacks Mm -hmm. and they're everywhere and they're like 99 cent breakfast, but it's like, you get like a type of meat that you pick. And then grits. But those grits Ooh. were, like, fire. Mm-hmm. Like, you would just pull up and be like, okay, I want, like, tuna fish and grits or corned beef and grits or whatever. And they yeah. have all these different things. And it is just so tasty. That was yeah. the first time I really had grits in high school. It was not a Haitian dish, really. Um, and then when I moved to Atlanta, like, shrimp and grits is the business. Like, so I got yeah. introduced to that. But I know I, the library, I don't put anything. And normally my parents would, like, make it sweet. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be sweet. And then they'll put, like aniseed, anisette, uh sorry, cinnamon sticks, mm-hmm. anise, um, anise yes. vanilla, carnation milk, and okay. like, you know, and that kind I of thing. Into, it's like a semi-solid, but then we just like take some like buttered bread and like dip it in there and like kind of like scoop it up. It's very okay. tasty that way. Yeah, but I, I, I like it. I'll wow, try again another know, 10 years. <laughs> whole last tangent. Okay.
1: So, <laughs> so, with that being said, <laughs> The first thing that I researched, which I was like, ooh, we're doing this topic, it's time for Afrofuturism. So for those that don't know what this is... um, Me,
0: I am that person and people (laughs) that did not know before this episode, but continue.
1: Which is so exciting. I mean, I knew and I'd heard about it, but I never had a chance to really dive into it. So this was exciting for me too. So first of all, it was a term that was coined by Mark Derry, in 1992 to describe speculative fiction that treats African-American themes and addresses African-American concerns in the context of 20th century technoculture. The other description says it also offers a highly intersectional way of looking at possible futures or alternate realities through a Black cultural lens. It is not linear, fluid, and feminist, It uses the Black imagination to consider mysticism, metaphysics, identity, and liberation. And despite offering Black folks a way to see ourselves in a better future, Afrofuturism blends the future, the past, and the present. So that's a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. When you say all that, first thing that pops into my head is Black Panther, right? Like Black Panther is that afrofuturism movie it's that's it it's what would happen if we were never colonized and had access to okay fine yeah the crazy vibranium and but anyway but they they made all these technological advances they were completely cut off from the world it's not just what would happen from now you know go into the future is what would have happened if this had happened back in the in the past yeah. and then how it feeds into the present and then the future and they create a whole story about that i think Afrofuturism is about unapologetically celebrating the uniqueness and innovation of Black culture too.
1: I get what you're saying, so obviously it wouldn't be be vibranium unless it's out there for real. Right, not (laughs) that (laughs) part. But it's true. Like, what if we were left to, like, what if our ancestors had been left to their own land? And it hadn't been, you know, all the goods and the natural resources hadn't been taken along with our people. You know, what could have been? And I love the scenes in that movie where they're showing them walking through the village and through the the market. Mm -hmm. And it's so well visualized because you can see like, um, you know, it's still dirt roads. Um, People are still selling like goods and things like that, um, natural goods. But if you look in the background, they have all these technological things going on. And then in their garment, the way they dress. It's like very like traditional, um, but futuristic traditional of African culture. It's just, it looks so empowering. There's a lot of people who have, you know, do they like it? Do they not like it? Whatever. But (laughs) when I saw that, like, I was just like, this is super empowering. Like it really took my brain to another place of what if, you know, like what could this world look like? And what could our history have looked like if we had just been left Alone.
0: <laughs> just. I I love Black Panther. I know the storyline may not be like perfect, but it was just so dope to see that type of representation on a screen, and like the world that they built too is just dope. But what makes Afrofuturism significantly different from standard science fiction is that it's steeped in ancient African traditions and Black identity. That's the whole thing. Like, cause we're dope as fuck. Get on board. <laughs>
1: Well, you know what I was watching? Oh, and you know what? I'm going to talk about this later on as well. But in this documentary that I read in preparation for this episode, this guy mentions there is a lot of American culture that basically should thank Black culture for. So a lot of the things that, not just entertainment, but just how life has evolved, things that we've contributed. You know, we all know that a lot of it has been whitewashed, but there's a lot of stuff that people don't understand of how much we have given to American culture without credit. So, right now, I think that I think right now where we are, I think where people are starting to wake up to that a lot more. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. feel like I saw something else in the news I thought was interesting was they're talking about um, history teachers need to step up and lead the pack on that information. I understand that schools sometimes they have like the books that you have to go buy, things like that. But they're saying that what if teachers had the ability to. Show the truth. Go outside of those books outside of those, you know, what where you were normally taught, which is just basically Rosa Parks. I'm okay, the usual stuff, but like really showed a better history of not just Black culture, but non-white cultures.
0: So that reminds me of something I read. There was a textbook, and it basically implied that Africans decided to go on a boat ride with the Europeans to help them with their lands, and I was like, oh, is is that what we're calling slavery now? Because son that ain't it like what yes because they knew
1: exactly what they were saying i I I like uh, (laughs) i'm gonna just say i like cat williams version of it much better where he was pretending like he was like a a colonizer on like a horse and he sees like our people and he's just like is that is that their women is that their (laughs) asses oh we gotta get one of those (laughs) And he's like, load him up. <laughs> I was like, Horrible. Jesus Christ, Kathleen. <laughs> um, but the other thing that comes from that as well is race is fiction. So this gave me a lot to think about. And it kind of took me a lot to digest. And I remember telling you this yesterday. I didn't quite know how to digest this information, but. Here we go. So the, the idea that race is a fiction is something that has only existed as we presently conceive it over the past few hundred years, since European colonialism and American chattel slavery began peddling its mythology. But despite being a fiction, its effects are so real in our lives that it can be difficult to imagine ourselves outside our present hell. Afrofuturism offers us a way out through the Black imagination. So I had to take a minute and just really, I mean, I understood initially what it meant, but to really digest it. First of all, I want to say that I 100% believe that the stereotypes that go behind race and things like that, I believe it's true. Literally, in order for colonizers to gain support, to take over countries, take slaves and et cetera they had to create the narrative that our people and the people of other countries they wanted to conquer were savages. And then it progressed to their happy slaves. And then of course, when slavery was, quote unquote ended. And in order to try and keep us in our place, they create more narratives that our men only want to rape white women, that we're lazy, all these narratives that were fiction and all around. And then here we are still dealing with those same ramifications of these stories that they made up about us just so they could keep control of us. So yeah, it's a lot.
0: So I know this is awful. I just keep on talking about movies, but in the movie Avatar, there was a scene where they talk about like, what do you do, you know, when someone has something that you want and they won't give it to you? They're like, you make them your enemy to justify what you're about to do to them to get what is already theirs, you know? And that's what it is. They made us their enemies. They made us seem like we were less than, and therefore we deserved this treatment, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that when you rewrite history and you try to sway into, to kind of change the savage nature of it, I think that's just, it's just wrong. Like, I really hate the fact that growing up, we idolized Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was a thing. Like, I never thought he did anything wrong. And it was like, do you know the truth about Christopher Columbus? So I oh, was yeah. like, Nina, Pinta, Santa Maria, yeah, I'm caught up. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're <work, what?"> good. <laughs> I know the song. They big it. <laughs> and then I started, like, I was like, wait, what? He did what? Yeah. What? Oh, God. oh, he was an awful person. Like, and then you realize
1: what Thanksgiving was.
0: <laughs> yes, just yes. so we need to learn that at an earlier age. Like, yeah, it yeah. shouldn't be sprung upon you because you do deeper research as an adult. Be honest, this is what happened.
1: Yeah. And it's really confusing. It's conflicting. And it, I think it especially confuses children and it sets them up that way for, as adults because then we grew up with this false narrative about who each other are, what races do what, what cultures do what, things like that. And then we carry that into adulthood with our ignorance. So yeah. it's just silly. And then at this point, I think hopefully... I don't know, maybe I'm being optimistic. I'm hoping another like 10, 15 years or so. You know, we we see a huge change of that in our school system. And then how also people are honest with their children in general. You know, instead of preaching the whole thing that was in the 90s, which is everyone, you you should be colorblind. I can see that already the narrative is changing there. We can only hope.
0: (laughs) But back to Um, Afrofuturism.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I really have to say that I love Afrofuturism. I like it gives us a chance to embrace certain worlds that the society has deemed Untouchable to the Black community, um, the idea that you can see us now in comic books, that we can be a part of sci-fi stories, that we can be into robots and just all these other things <laughs> that before people, you know, they were just like, no, that's just, just for white kids. Like, what are you talking about? I feel like we are able to get into these things, and partially because of Afrofuturism, and then also. Of course, the, the progressiveness of the culture around us. Remember that movie that Netflix came out with about the two kids um, that do the time traveling thing? I never saw that. Oh my God. Okay. I can't remember. I'm going to look it up right now so we That's can. That's
0: because I can never remember the, the, um, the name of it. I remember reading an article and I just couldn't figure it out. But yeah, my brother was talking about it. Um, but while you're looking that up, if you are interested in hearing more about Afrofuturism, check out a couple books, Elysium and The Black God's Drums. I haven't read those books, but they had good reviews, and I just really like the title, The Black God's Drums. Like, that just sounds like, doom, doom, you know? Like, I hear it.
1: <laughs> There's also um, the book, After Futurism, The World of Black Sci-Fi Fantasy and Fantasy Culture by Yatisha L. Womack. I will personally be buying that, because I saw it, and I saw it, read the description, I was like, I'm all about it, let's do it. The movie, by the way... On Netflix. is called See You Yesterday. It yes. was directed by Spike Lee, protege Stefan Um, And it's great because it's, again, this fantasy mixed with the reality of what we're going through with Black Lives Matter. So if you haven't seen it, I definitely suggest watching it. I loved it so much. It just made me feel so good watching mm. these two kids go through what they went through and in such a unique way. So ta-da! Now no. for Futurism. <laughs> boom in your face
0: in my research for alternative blackness which is not really a thing right but we're gonna No, that's it. why we're
1: it's quote unquote
0: <laughs> correct I came across afro goth and I just thought it was really cool so there was um there was a t-shirt and it said so goth I was born black and so when you hear that it's kind of like you know because goth is not traditionally Something that black kids do or really get mm-hmm. into or whatever, but when you think about some of the goth roots, um, there's a black blues legend, Screamin' Jay Hawkins. He wrote a song in 1956. I'm sure you guys know it. I put a spell on you, which has been covered from you know mm-hmm. people from the from the group The Animals to Tim Curry, Marilyn Manson. It could be called the first goth anthem, but it remains relatively obscure because none of the black goths that were interviewed in this interview I Vice was They said the black goths that they interviewed never even heard of it, or they never credited it as an influence.
1: But that's might
0: it might be because they're just younger, you mm-hmm. know? Because that's a song that we know just from growing up, but like a lot of songs, Focus, just,
1: Pocus, bruh. Yeah, but do you think
0: that there are 18 year olds watching Hocus Focus right now?
1: I would hope ah, so. My sister awesome. loves it. I mean she's 20, 21 now, so
0: Yeah, but if she didn't have you, would she know what that movie is? I don't know. That's a good question. We should ask some 18-year-olds. Oh, you find some and then let me know how that
1: works. I don't know we're finding these kids at all. I know I'm like, where,
0: where are these whippersnappers?
1: Where do they hanging out? Bird. Are they at the arcade? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like some cotton candy? That's not <laughs> creepy at all. <laughs> no, you have to give them hard candy. It has to be the
0: little, like, strawberry wrapped one, you know, that only, like, older people have. With little green oh, God.
1: What is you it? What um, about. Uh, no one knows grandma's, grandma's candy. No one
0: knows. It doesn't have a name.
1: <laughs> <is> hard candy. <laughs> it's hard candy from grandma. Grab the bottom um, of grandma's purse.
0: <laughs> but mainstream goth culture is often portrayed as being witchy or otherworldly. anti-typical And if I said that wrong, oh, well. Uh, oh, to wait, Christian we values. did this one. Yeah, go ahead. Give it a
1: crack. Antithet- antithetical? Antithetical. Oh, that sounds better. Yeah, yeah. I like antithetical that. Antithetical
0: to Christian values. It's a uh, mixing icons from Judeo-Christian mythology. Example, the Antichrist, devil-worship, with those of European paganism to the exclusion of traditions like voodoo, santeria, that have distinctive African and Latin roots. So it's all kind of, all of that imagery mixed together. Yet, goth culture is widely appropriated symbols like snakes, the ankh, skull, and bones from African and indigenous cultures. That was a quote from writer Shana Collins. She did a whole study on afro goth. And that was what she kind of came across. She was like, so many of the symbols that they use, they may not even realize are African, like, roots. So then there was another author, Layla Taylor. She explores similar themes in her treatise, Darkly Black History and American Gothic Soul. And she also found that compelling intersections between the Gothic preoccupation with pain, horror, violence, and trauma make goth culture uniquely suited to exploring while reckoning with America's history of enslavement, colonialism, and the unrelenting violence against Black bodies. I am going to say that again.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's, can we say that a little slower? Because, like, again, this is another one of those things that you researched, and it made me have to digest it a lot differently. Like, okay. So I'm going
0: to just, I'm going to give a quick recap of that sentence. Layla Taylor, she finds that compelling intersections between the Gothic preoccupation with pain horror, violence, and trauma make goth culture uniquely suited to exploring while reckoning with America's history of enslavement, colonialism, and the unrelenting violence against Black bodies. Black people are the embodiment of goth, and in that we are white America's greatest fear.
1: I don't know. Right? <laughs> yeah, we have our fists up. We can't see it, but you can't hit, it's just a silent fist up in the air. Like that I don't even know how to digest that. Tell me, Doreen, how do I digest that? So for me,
0: I mean I know a few people who are goth and why they identify that way, but I never saw the correlation before. And there are quite a few people who are black who are goth and you know, they really enjoy that culture, but it's kind of focused on the darkness, right? Like the sadness mm-hmm. and who else has gone through more trauma than an african-american person especially with the climate that we're in right now with the protests and you know black lives matter movement all those things like being goth right now makes the most sense like if you really think about it (laughs) I got some black lipstick I I don't actually (laughs) I do too
1: I love my black lipstick
0: yeah yeah
1: I did I think I don't wear my lipstick very often, but when I do feel like I need to wear some lipstick, I usually go like the brown tannish colors, but there was one day that I think it was my mommy day months ago I when I took my um break from mommying and I went out. I did a black lipstick and it was, it's from Kat Von D's line. And on top of that, I used a teal so it was like a really deep teal black teal color and it looked really dope actually I was like I don't know if it's gonna work but I did it and it worked and I was like yeah. yes styling profiling okay there we go
0: show how it's
1: done <laughs> it's given me a lot to think about and now should I just go goth should we just go fully goth we would have to like get more black clothes than we already own I don't know and of-
0: I have a ton yeah, it's
1: bad. <laughs> I think it's easier than I normally already am, and like, ugh. God, that's just a lot of work. And then well, I have to revert back to some styles that like I already gave up when I was in high school. Like,
0: well, like we can be goth on the inside, you know, like, but oh, not that's on, on the my outside. Whole life. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> we're black, <damn>. dude check.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what really fired up this conversation of "quote unquote" alternative blackness, as we're saying was Afropunk. A lot of people know Afropunk from the music festivals that are held around the world, really, every year. Um, They do them in Atlanta, they do them in Brooklyn, there's one in Paris. I don't know if they've been doing them anywhere else, but basically it's this festival of just not your typical quote-unquote Black. It's a lot of people who are into punk, who are into rock music, who may not dress the way that I guess most people expect a Black person to dress. Colorful hair everywhere, things like that, but it's expanded throughout the years. I love the pictures every year. You can really see the different personalities through people dressing up and really showing who they are, and it's just like a safe space For literally just every Black person, really, and just opening up your mind to different subcultures within the community. So Afropunk refers to the participation of African-Americans and other Black people in punk and alternative subcultures, especially in the U.S. where the scene has been overwhelmingly white. The term was coined in 2003 um, from the documentary Afropunk, which was directed by James Spooner who is the person who started the Punk Music Festivals. What I did was I actually watched the documentary yesterday and I identified with it so much. <laughs> it was just like, why didn't he come find me? <laughs> like, I'm here too. <laughs> I would have done the documentary, but anyway, You're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. It's pretty short. They literally cover like probably all the aspects of what it's like being black and being part of a subculture or enjoying parts of a subculture which has primarily been quote unquote uh, made for white people and then similar to the black goth one of the guys on there said being black and being punk rock are similar so basically talking about being on the outer fringes of society not being accepted fully for who you are things like that And I think punk is obviously, a lot of people have different views on it, but ultimately it's kind of like a F the system, you know, following everyday things that people would normally be into, like forget corporations and government, things like that. But it's also about embracing who you are individually. So not adhering to what society has told you to do. I just found it really, really interesting, the whole thing. And then they talked about, again, sort of the loneliness of being the only Black person sometimes in a white space. And then the, the craziness of what you feel when you see another Black person in that space. And all of a sudden, you're like, I want to talk to you. But I don't want to talk to you just because you're Black. But I do want to talk to you because there's no, I haven't seen another Black person here in so long. So it's, it's a weird feeling.
0: So what I like about the festival of um, like the Afrofunk festivals is that it not only allows people to like you said have like a safe space for people of color who are eccentric and maybe um, express themselves through punk rock music style but it also has a lot of different types of music so uh, when they first started they did do like a lot of punk and that sort of thing and then they expanded to lovers of like neo soul people who would follow afrofuturism would probably be at an afro punk concert or festival sorry reggae um reggae punk which didn't know was a thing trap Mm -hmm. jazz need to listen to that (laughs) (laughs) hold
1: on (laughs) hold on (laughs) like like you got the horn section going and then like the bass kicks in and like there's booty popping like what i I opt I'm gonna get off of the podcast
0: later, and I'm gonna go listen to some trap jazz and like, oh my god, blast it in my car. Drive to these streets, like I have no idea what that sounds like.
1: <laughs> no clue, but well, I think it's interesting that they said they refer to it as reggae punk. Usually, that's just ska music. Um, yeah. That's pretty much what that is. So I I thought that was interesting. They referred to it as reggae punk. And I was like, um, you mean ska? But okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They also um, will have a lot of alternative R&B. And they have a lot of things for the Black queer community. But like I said, not all Black people are into the same thing, which is why they ended up having to expand what their focus was because even by just focusing on people who are into punk music, you're still creating that tiny niche. And like, it's good Mm -hmm. to explore all aspects of it. So I am glad that they're continuously growing and, and not necessarily saying that we have to follow the black norm. Um, We can be into art, rock, metal, bluegrass, folk dancing, and futurism at the same damn time and still be black. You can identify as gender fluid or like bohemian culture Or you may think that you were a prince or a princess back in the old English times. It's not a time period I'm well aware, but you get it. (laughs) The point is to normalize these subgroups and to defy race-based generalization.
1: I love the idea that they expanded. Other than the fact that I'm really sad that I've never gone to one of the concerts, I really, really want to experience one of those, just being around people who are of like mind. And I feel like, Doreen, you would go with me. Would you go with me? i
0: would i don't know if i would dress all crazy but i would go and oh now girl be like oh my god you're amazing i'm Tell too old i happens. dress for
1: comfort <laughs>
0: <laughs> like if i'm gonna be outside i need to be like comfy more than like cute
1: yeah like typically if i do do a what do you call it an all-day concert i will wear short short, probably a tank and sneakers as something as not super revealing, but something that is that will keep me cool because it's too much, there's too many people. And usually, when they have these festivals, they're in like these dirt places and things like that. You got to take like the longest shower afterwards. Ugh.
0: So, you mentioned sneakers, I'm super excited. This has nothing really to do with this whole thing, but I got <laughs> my matter. first pair of Jordans this weekend. What? in my whole life, I've never had a pair. And I just got them. My brother bought them for me because he's super cool. Um, I, was, I was just like, oh my, I had a whole shoe Photoshop. I was so extra, like really? angles in the mirror, you know, like I was trying to plan out my outfit. Like I, I had like, just like this moment where I felt like I connected to like the greater, like black Jordan movement. Like I felt like, <laughs> you know, like I finally had my black card, like no one can take this from me.
1: You know, it, was, it was it was great. It was great. That's super funny. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Things you're going to learn. Everyone, listen up. There will be a quiz at the end of this about who Jabby and Doreen are. Um, yeah. What do we like? <laughs> one thing that I just had to like. I found that like I needed to munch on when I was researching everything was I found this song, and the reason I related it back to all this because we're talking about alternative blackness, right? And actually the quote was used in the documentary at the beginning of the Afropunk documentary. I don't know why he put it in there. I couldn't quite understand why.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, I can imagine, I can kind of have a couple ideas why, but at the root of it, I'm just going to go ahead and preface this with the fact that I do not agree with this at all. So the name of this song that they quoted at the beginning is called rock and roll, Nigger. That's the last time I will say that word within this podcast. I do not agree with that word at all. I don't believe that anyone should use it. I don't know why it's used in our culture so often. I think it does us more of a disadvantage than anything else, but I digress. This song was written by Patty Lee Smith and Leonard J.K. in 1978. This is a white white man and a white woman. And Smith defended using that word as saying she self identifies as an N-word, meaning a rebellious and honorable outsider. Ducombe and Trimlay suggest in White Riot that Smith is continuing Norman Mailer's tradition of the white Negro, adopting Black culture to express things she believes her own culture will not allow, and re- rejecting the oppression white culture has historically imposed on others. This song was also remixed later on by Marilyn Manson as well. I also read, like, his reasoning behind using it, and again, I'm calling bullshit on it, they basically try to defend it by saying that they, too, have gone through struggles. Um, they, too, have been disadvantaged. And obviously, because they're into this music, then they can use, refer to themselves as such, as being on the fringes of that. And even though she tries to say a rebellious and honorable outsider, it's bullshit. I hate it. And, yeah, that's, how, that's where I stand on that. Yeah,
0: there is no remixing of that word to conveniently make it suit you. Like, no, no. I disagree strongly. That's some nonsense. It was back then. It still is now. No,
1: yeah. it's not okay. And she's like, yeah, this person has gone through this too. So I think that they're, they, they have a similar struggle. I'm like, no, you're
0: Mm-mm. still
1: white. You do Mm-mm. not have a similar struggle at all. No.
0: In that same like piece in terms of mainstream media, I know that right now policing blackness is the thing where people are like actively searching for people who are culturally appropriating. And I understand why, but sometimes I feel like, is it as necessary? Like, so when they're like, no braids, no cloths, you know, that's, and they start that whole cancel culture. Like, we're going to cancel you for doing this because we don't agree with it. We own it, but you don't, you know, kind of thing. Um, Embracing your Black culture doesn't mean that it's yours exclusively because we've, I mean, our culture is a base of, almost the entire American society, right? Like, we've we were we've been here from the beginning. I feel that if it's done in a way where it's not supposed to be offensive, like, why take it that way? I do understand that the need to spread education and helping people to do better understanding why you know, you shouldn't do this and the reasons behind it. But I don't think that spreading hate and like, oh no, screw this person. Y'all go to this person's page and you blow them up and you did this. And I'm like, you're bullying someone. Even though you may have started off right, the ends doesn't justify the means basically is what I'm trying to say. You maybe have started right, but in the way that you go about attacking these people, I don't agree with, but I'm a peace loving person. Like I don't like confrontation. People will tell you like, I'm just, it hurts my heart. I'm a very sensitive person. So I, I would prefer to sweet. educate. <laughs> I would prefer to educate and to talk to someone to, to help them see and understand. Like, it's just like do, dealing with a child who doesn't know any better. Sometimes there are some crazy, spiteful, racist people out there that do not deserve that education piece. Do not get it twisted, um, especially <laughs> with these videos that are out there. Like, I, I'm not just like peace instead of love. No, no. <laughs> if someone's coming for you with a bat, like defend yourself. I'm not you know, but, like, I, I've seen some crazy stuff go down lately, but cancel culture is not something I agree with, so there was a girl, um, uh, whatever, she was, a, a, an IG chick, she hops out of her bins, sees this guy, like, hammering up boards, and, like, someone was, like, painting Black Lives Matter or something on there, she hops out with her, like, little, like, wife beater tied up, has her mm-hmm. little boyfriend or person take a picture of her, like grabbing the guy's hammer, pretending that she's hammering, and then immediately takes a picture and then hops back in her car. And she was like, yes! Oh, I was out there protesting. And they're like, Oh, they what? Yes, yeah, someone she? recorded the whole thing. Oh, look at that. I'll find it. I'll send you the link. But who is she? We need
1: to know. We need to put her on blast. Cancel culture. She got canceled.
0: They went after her. She got fired from her job, all this stuff. It was you don't get to try to make an opportunity for yourself mm-hmm. because of someone else's struggle. Like this is not this is not a photo op.
1: Yeah. This is literally a way of life. Yeah, that's um, not one so. of those moments where I'm gonna be sweet about it. You are an adult, <laughs> whether you were blind to what the cause is or not, you, she clearly knew what she was doing. Clearly knew she was using it to her advantage and being selfish. So sorry. Yeah, you are getting canceled, bitch.
0: <laughs> but you had mentioned before as to why you think it's not okay for people to wear braids and all that stuff. Remember you talked about this? Like,
1: no, no, no. Okay. So I think, so I'm totally fine with people doing what it is that they do. You made a great point and I never saw it from that point of view. So yeah. So like, it's fine, but I don't agree with people doing that and say like going down you know, some girl's like going on vacation in Atlanta and she's like, "Oh, let me just go into like this place and get my hair braided. Like I've never had my hair braided. I'm gonna get it authentic from like a black girl, blah, 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 or something like that. And then she's walking around with extensions of braids and all this stuff like that. I don't agree with doing stuff like that if you don't understand the culture and why wearing our hair like that is so important to us personally on a day-to-day basis, but you're just using it as... I guess, how do I say this? I feel like you understand what I'm trying to say. So you, the way that you phrased
0: it to me um, yesterday was that you had to also understand the struggle that we had to go through to make these hairstyles mainstream. Like Basically. before you couldn't get jobs because you had cornrows or you had twists or braids or dreadlock. And they're still passing laws to make that type of discrimination illegal. But we had exactly. to go through so much. And you also talked about the army. Do you
1: remember that? Did I? Yeah, No. So, I did, yeah, you're right. I did mention that, like, you don't understand the suffering that we went through. And the example I used was that I have a friend that messaged me one day and who is not Black, but they asked, why is it cultural appropriation when a white person wears their hair in a Black hairstyle, but it's not appropriation when a Black person wears their hair in a quote unquote white hairstyle? And I gave them a brief kind of understanding. Of that, But at the same time, I I think I explained this before. I don't feel like as a grown adult, I should be your history teacher. I think that we can have a dialogue. But I think that you need to do personal research first. So I offered to them to, you know, once you've done a little bit more research on this, here's what I'm telling you now. This is why it's problematic for some people. You may not understand that, but this is why you should research it a little bit more and research the pain in the history of black hair in America and pretty much all over the world and how it's viewed. I mean, literally you can go on Google and look up professional hairstyles and it's all white hairstyles. You can look up unprofessional and it's all black hair. It doesn't matter if it's black hair in an Afro, black hair in braids, black hair in whatever it is. They consider our hair, no matter what, unprofessional. It's like, Again, I think I talked about this before, where I strongly believed for a really long time, I would straighten my hair every single day, curl it, straighten it, whatever I could do to not show that I had like a little bit of puff to my hair, I would do so that I could go to work and they wouldn't be like, oh, you know, she's just leaving her hair out like black, like you can't do that, things like that. So, so I told them this and uh-huh. then honestly, I told them come back and we can have a discussion I'm pretty sure that message was from two years ago. I've never heard anything back. There could be a lot of factors to that, but I'm just saying it obviously doesn't seem like it was an important dialogue to have, but that's just me. I think that you should be careful of using other people's culture, anything across the board and being oblivious to their struggles. So that goes for, like I said, again, for any culture across the board.
0: Yeah, so there was, um, I, there was an article I read by Inda Lauren, and she said that the animosity thrown at Kim K and Nicki Minaj Shows a contradiction in the ways that we police blackness. We keep the lines of what constitutes authentic quote unquote blackness within rigid boundaries and those especially women and girls who step out of those boundaries are scrutinized heavily and assumed to reject blackness in playing with styles and aesthetics outside of the accepted ones. Um, like how you were saying, how your hair, right? Remember when we first met, you have really brightly colored hair, like purple, blue, pinks, whatever, all Wait. different colors, right? Not when, Not we, when first we first met. met no, 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 but at some point I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't something a lot of black girls were doing back then. You were definitely like unique in that aspect. And I'm sure there was probably a black girl, you know, that saw you and was just like, you know, but <laughs> it was you. It was your yeah. identity, right? <laughs> but women, especially black women, we get criticized a lot more for going outside of the norm than our male counterparts do.
1: Yeah, I remember you were telling me um, yesterday that um, something similar where you're... So first of all, nerd alert, Doreen is hugely in Star Wars, (laughs) which I find awesome because I was really late to the Star Wars game and I'm still kind of like iffy. I grew up with Star Trek. So, and that's just because my grandpa watched it. And so that was kind of like our show. And, but you were talking about the fact that because you're into that when you try to talk to it with your um black girlfriends they're kind of like and eh, girl that ain't the move
0: yeah like miss me with that like all this sci-fi that's not really my thing like i don't really like it i really like a lot of things that a lot of a lot of my friends are not into so like i like star wars i like star trek the movies not necessarily the tv shows but mm-hmm. argue with me i don't really care um <laughs> <I>
1: like- <laughs> you gotta you can see the new one right which one they brought back oh gosh are you talking about star trek or star wars star trek they brought back what's his face kirk oh Kirk! no no no
0: what's his face oh gosh kick kickard kickard
1: yeah you know who i'm talking about yeah. yes
0: card picard there we go yeah
1: uh-huh is it good <laughs> it's
0: <sighs> the first episode really pulls you in and then something happens and i'm just like but where do we go from here I, I that's right. what that's what pulled me in so I need to finish watching it I'm like three episodes in so I'm kind of seeing how they tie everything together but okay. I will watch just about anything sci-fi like I will devour it like I watch Battlestar Galactica I mean I watch Firefly like anything mm-hmm. like sci-fi space and futuristic is really where I'm at and when I was like on a lot of these well, not when I was on a couple dating apps back in the day they would ask you like you know to put personal information things you wouldn't share and I would put like I like Star Wars, or I'm a big sci-fi fan. And they're like, really? You like this? Really? Okay, what about this? There's no way you watch that. I'm like, yes, yeah, watched it a couple times. Yeah, what else you got? And they would just be like, oh, you know, that's crazy. Most girls aren't really into that sort of thing. And I'm just like, I, I mean, so you can be into it, but I'm not allowed. Like, it's, And I get that they were trying to compliment me, but that the fact that it was just so foreign to them, I really wish that I could find a like-minded person who was into those same things. And most of my friends that are, yeah. Hey, Hey friend. Um, and most of the friends that I have made that are into a lot of that kind of stuff are black guys mm-hmm. because I'm like, they're a little, like, I'm like the home girl, you know? And that's cool. Yeah. But I wish, you know, I wish I had a you here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a you here too.
1: <laughs> no, it's interesting. I think, I mean, that goes kind of goes beyond also being black. That's also a female issue as well like yeah. where if you're a girl and you're into those types of things then you are just trying to be one of the guys and you just want to be hip and cool and really your idea is to get close to that guy that you like which mm-hmm. is and i well let's let's finish this part first and then i'll talk to you about the other part but i um oh speaking of which really side note again did you watch vast of night i think i told you to watch it a few weeks ago It's a new movie that's on Prime. Do you have Prime? Yeah. Okay. You need to watch it. It I saw it pop up on my things I should watch. Yes. Okay. I mean, I typically, I mean, I like the alien movies, but they're not my favorite. You know me, I like mostly supernatural horror and things like that. But this one, the way they shot it and the uniqueness of the storyline, they just showed an alien story in a different way, and it's really good, like really, nice. really dope. So, sorry, okay, go ahead.
0: <laughs> so, kind of to wrap up what alternative blackness looks like in like mainstream media, uh, I know we kind of wanted to go over some of the musicians and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. So, the other thing I was thinking about, another thing the documentary brought up, and I'm telling you, this documentary was really insightful, <laughs> like just bringing up these ideas of how black culture has played a role in american culture overall but even hip-hop when it first started out what was everyone wearing they were wearing leather pants chains weird glove things they looked like punk kids so it's just like punk in itself and like you know metal music things like that there is a lot like not only does that music come from Black culture overall, and it, I did a, re- I told you, I did a research about the history of rock music, whatever, and when you take it all the way back, 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 I mean, from blues, you know, when it was unknown, all the way till now, Black culture has been there. The godfathers of rock and roll, not Elvis, I'm sorry guys, to bust your bubble, everyone who's like a super duper Elvis fan, but he stole his Little Richard and he stole his music from, but yeah, like guys like Chuck Berry, Little Richard. He stole it and he whitewashed it and you know, he figured out how to move his hips right and then it then all of a sudden the music was palatable to white culture, right? But when we were doing it, it was an abomination. Just saying. But anyways, I thought that was really cool that thinking about that, I was like, that's true. Like when hip hop first started and they were like getting going, like they were wearing all kinds of weird shit. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's, it's not what it looks like I mean, now. Do you think about the like, one DMC, Michael Jackson, his thriller jacket. Yeah. But overall, Miss Doreen, how do you feel about our quote unquote so, alternative blackness? I think that we did a great job. Um, I
0: mean, there's so much more that we could have covered. I mean, to try oh to cover all the aspects of being quote unquote alternatively black is like looking down into a black hole. Like it just never ends because being black is not defined by any particular characteristic. You are who you are. This, mm-hmm. if you're black, white, whatever, it doesn't matter. So, please join us again for another episode and uh to see if jabby has anything that she wants to add
1: yeah really quick just saying if anybody out there is also into buffy the vampire sir doctor who horror movies and i mean lots of horror movies of different genres or video games the sims or anything like that you want to hang out just send me a message and we can like talk about those things So,
0: because you said video games, I'm going to share one of the nerdiest things about me. Do you know the game Temple Run? It's on most iPhones when you first got it. Back in the day, it was a game that came
1: on everybody's iPhone. I've yeah. heard of it. Don't know. Yeah. haven't played it. So,
0: I am actually nationally ranked on Temple what? Run. Like, I am in the top 100 in the world. What? Um, yeah. you claim the game. My- it's not a claim to fame. I Get had it. way too much time on my hand. You know how long that game was that I had to play? Give a it screenshot was of it. epic. Oh, man on my old phone I did. I'll see if I can find it. I'm sure it's in my cloud somewhere. Please but find
1: yeah. it. I'm gonna put it up on the, the blog. Yeah
0: so there you That's go. So, so you it. are who you are. Be whoever you are. Don't let anybody tell you what's wrong or right for who you are. Just do you boo. Do you. Boo. And boo. we... Boo. Boo. Are gonna continue to do us and bring mm-hmm. you more dope content every
1: week so <laughs> entanglement make sure- with August entanglement yes. with August
0: <laughs> <laughs> make sure that you hit the like button hit the subscribe button follow us retweet share spread the word um we are on Facebook Instagram Twitter Podbean yeah. iTunes yeah. Spotify tell all your of mama it, whatever <laughs> tell your mama tell your kids Tell everybody. Well maybe <laughs> maybe not your kids, just maybe like your mama, your cousin. Eighteen and your older kids. Like your cool auntie, you know? It's like, gossipy yeah, that's bitch. all that I have.
1: <laughs> what was the name of the gossipy bitch that we talked about before? Which the aunt? I can't remember which oh, episode it was.
0: <laughs> that was the last episode
1: where we talked
0: <laughs> we made up a whole storyline for auntie i don't remember what we called her though.
1: yeah she's a gossipy bitch. be careful of that yeah. one anyways Messy as, doreen said. as fuck <laughs> <laughs> peace out loves we'll talk to you next week Bye-bye. Bye bye oh. the ebeneces podcast was created written recorded and produced by jabby and doreen theme music by chris black of truck music productions